Well, ladies and gentlemen, You're just reading. welcome. I'm just reading. I would open up this reading with a a selection from Vitology. Okay. <laughs> you see the dust? It was dust. See that dust. Hopefully that's not COVID dust. That's awesome. Um, uh, oh, too soon. There was a lot of yeah. Too soon. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Vitology. That's not the way to open a podcast, just in case you're wondering right there. Um, that's right. This is my Vitology book that I just picked up. We're rusty. It's been a few weeks. <laughs> We're dusty. We're even. dusty. Yes, yes. Dust off this. But it's so glad. It's so good to be, be in the room with you here. It's good, it's good to be in the room with you, Josh. It is good to be with you all uh, joining us online. I see people joining us already. And uh, if you're if you're here, come say hi. Say hi in the chats. If you're on Facebook or YouTube, if you found us on on our podcast stream. We're so glad you did, and uh, we're we're glad that you can listen. Maybe even at one and a half speed. Yeah, or hey. double speed. But if you are listening live, shoot us some questions. We yes, uh, please. We've had the chance over the last few weeks to talk about some issues that are even big issues, controversial yes. in, in some ways. So we've got. Um, Coming up today, we're going to talk about um, divorce. We're going to talk yes, about that. Yeah, let's go for Singleness. it. Singleness. Yeah, um, we're going to talk about how to navigate gray areas yes. of life and faith. And yes. we'd love to hear your questions. Um, we might have some already, but if we uh, if we haven't gotten yours, yeah, send it in. I like it. Michael yeah. Lyons is joining us. Hello there, and uh, it's good to be back with you. So, um, and that's right. So those. What we're going to be talking about today, as as always on this podcast, we uh, we are trying to tackle and um, kind of go behind the scenes a little bit with the sermons that are going on. And so we haven't done this now for a month. Um, we had a uh, we had a singleness seminar that yes. went live, and uh, that um, if it's not yet, it will be up on our podcast stream. It might come up after this. Um, Margaret is here as well. Hello, Margaret, and. Uh, you know, um, then, but then we've had some, uh, we've had some things come up, haven't we? We have. Yeah. I've been out of the country. You were. For a little Sean. while. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. And peace be with you as well. Um, that's right. I, he's saying shalom because I was, I was in Israel. In fact, I think this is an appropriate time to show off a tattoo. Um, ah, cause yes. in Israel, um, I, I went ahead and got my name tattooed on my arm and if you're on you know if you're on youtube or facebook you can see that i am i now have a tattoo you do i like a it. tattoo of like my it. own name yeshua yeshua that's right yes. so this is uh the hebrew um the hebrew letters um also aramaic letters is actually the aramaic way to say the name of jesus right on. I, I learned huh. this there i've always thought that was the hebrew way to say the name of jesus huh. the hebrew name would have actually be Yahushua. It's actually yeah, more sure. like, yeah, Joshua. Okay. Um, so Joshua in Hebrew is actually spelled a little bit different. So the Aramaic way to say so it. So that's Aramaic. It, it's the Aramaic. It's the Aramaic, yes. Aramaic um, pronunciation. Pronunciation, I guess. Hebrew letters. Yeah. It's the way that they do it, okay? Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was the first comment. Right to, on. Beth, my wife, uh, when I sent her a picture of it, she said, did they spell it right? Yes, yes, they did. You get it done there, so you know. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, I actually got it done, and this is I'm kind of jumping to the end. Uh, got it done at a place where they they've done tattoos in this in this one spot 
for more than 700 years. That's crazy. I saw your picture. Yes. 700 years they've been doing tattoos because uh, back in those days, people would go on pilgrimage mm. to, to go here. So to go to Israel, they would they would spend their life savings there. They would spend months traveling to get to Israel. And uh, and for a lot of people, a lot of, um, you know, a lot of believers at, in those days, this was so very important to them that they started memorializing that experience on their arms. Wow. A lot of them would would put tattoos huh. right here so they can see them. And uh, and so um, Catholic priests would come back home fully tatted really? with full sleeves. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because it was that meaningful, they wanted to remember. Wow. And so they would put stories on their arms. That's cool. And the huh. same the same family, um, 27 generations have been doing tattoos there. Wow. Yeah, it's it's really cool. Um, it's a lot of pressure. Yes, right? <laughs> I know. <laughs> and they were really good at it. They're really fast. It took nine minutes. What? Nine minutes huh. of pain. It wasn't that bad. Um, that's what they say. Um, that's what I'm supposed to say. All right. But it wasn't yeah. that bad. Yeah. But I cried a little. No, no, not really. Just a little. Um, uh, Michael saying... We were wondering where, um, where you'd show. Oh, oh, when you'd show. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. He's talking about the tat. Yeah, um, I know. It's a, it's a fun one. So that is that's it, very cool. It, it means a lot. Very cool. And it's you know, I figured if not get the name of Jesus tattooed because he's given me a new name. Just so happens to be my old name, which is kind of fun. That's great. That's uh, great. Yeah. Oh, sorry. So I was there. Tons. Man, we could do a whole podcast on that. Um, we're not gonna. We should today, someday, though. But 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 maybe um, because and here's the big reason I want to take I want to take you back. I want to take you back. I want to go. I I really do, and I can't wait to now share that with people. One of the reasons I went was to kind of learn how to lead, and and. It is the way that, that this ministry that I went with does it, and I think the way that, that, that we could use this in our church is some of the most intensive discipleship that you can that you could possibly do for That's two cool. weeks. It's like constant study, constant like um, the, like real spiritual moments. Mm. And we were going and, and worshiping in these places. Not just this isn't just a tour. Yeah, but it was going and experiencing. It was really trying to uh, reclaim the ancient spiritual practice of pilgrimage, hmm. and so it, it the entire trip was it was great. That is cool, man. So that is cool. So what was anyway, your favorite spot? My favorite spot was um, a strange one. It was a place called Wadi Kelt, and it was the place that most likely Jesus spent forty days and forty nights. Ah, and. And for some reason, that place really stood out to me. And part of it was it was the one of the few places there that aren't that isn't like totally um, <laughs> no churchified. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a bit of Jerusalem, especially the city, the old city, can be really um, it's churchified is what yeah. it is. Churches throughout the centuries have done things, and sadly, they've kind of ruined the experience yeah. in some ways. Um, this is a place that hasn't been ruined hmm. and it was really fabulous. In fact, I'll tell a story about this at the, I mean, later in, cause I think it was, it was something I almost, I almost fit into the message on Sunday, but I didn't want to be that guy who's like crowbar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, Insert Israel. I know. Right. I really wanted to, I really wanted to, 
but I, I really didn't want to be the guy that's like, you know, when I was in Israel, yeah, yeah. last week. Last week. <laughs> Have I mentioned that? Have I mentioned, yeah, that I'm real spiritual right now? I didn't want to do that. So um, anyway, we'll, uh, I'll tell a story about Wadi Kelt, but that was one of my favorites. So many, so many cool things. Seeing the Sea of Galilee, seeing the proximity. Yeah. Like I've known a lot about these places, but my, uh, my, <laughs> my dimensions were all off. Like even like how close the how close Golgotha is to the tomb. Mm. The, the, the text and I've read it a hundred times says that in the garden where the cross was, it, there, it's like right there. Huh. It's, it's so interesting. That and interesting. and how like I got to walk from uh, my second favorite place, and it's hard to say if this is anyway. It was the uh, the upper room. Mm. So we got we went to a place that. You know, I'm, I'm, I, I believe this is, this is at least generally where, but probably the place where, hmm. where so many things happened in church history. Okay. So wow. the upper room um, would have been where Jesus celebrated communion, yeah. or, you know, for Passover. the first time Passover yeah. before that he would have left there. He would have taught the, um, the Olivet discourse on the way there, but started there in the room. Um, it's, it's where he would have left to go and, uh, with the intention of going to the um, Garden of Gethsemane, it would have then been the place that that Peter and John and everyone was. No, sorry, when when the the women came and told yeah. them about the first testimony, mm -hmm. um, they told the disciples about like Jesus. John twenty. Yep, yeah. Jesus's resurrection. Yeah, it then would have been a place where all the all the disciples were gathered when the Holy Spirit came when oh, Pentecost really? started. Yes, huh. that would have been. The upper room it would have been the place where when Peter got imprisoned, he came back there to the same exact place to wow. um, uh, knocks on Rhoda and Rhoda answers. Right. And she's like, yeah, I see him. And then she closed the door on or whatever. Wow. You know, that's one of my favorite stories. <laughs> it's it's, it's the greatest Acts, story. Acts 12. Acts 12. Yeah. Acts 12. Where they're like praying for Peter totally. to get released from prison. He does. <laughs> and they're like, she ah. answers the door. She's like, no way that could be him. <laughs> Boom. Slams it in his face. I know. You guys aren't going to believe it. There's a ghost that looks like Peter out there. I know. <laughs> so that's, that. that's John Marks. Is it John Marks? Mother's house. I think that's where it says it in oh. there. And so their assumption is that that the same, same house was the same place that all these things happen. It has that wow. room. Anyway, so neat. So neat. That's so, cool. Anyway. So this is the kind of thing you just get to do and kind of open people's eyes to yeah. all this. And it has it has opened my eyes. This morning I was reading and uh, it, it said something about the Kidron Valley. And I was like, oh, I see it. Like, I, I know cool. that. Even though it's a very small valley. But hey. <laughs> anyway. You've been there. Oh, man, I've been there. Okay. We've talked way too much because we, we do want to dive in to some of these um, really important things. Um, this stuff going on. And so, um, so we're going to, we're going to take it back a few weeks. Okay. Let's get, let's run it back. Let's run it back and let's just hit some of these highlights. Yeah. If you, you know, I thought the divorce message. Now, um, what was that message called? I called okay. that one best in the broken. That's right. Best in the broken. That's right. So the, the, the idea behind the title is, um, so, and, and there, this was debatable. Like people sent me emails and went, ah, I don't think I agree with that. Like it's faulty reason. Right? Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Like, um, let's talk about it. So I called it best in the broken because, 
uh, because of the brokenness of life, mm. that there that there are times when divorce is the best that God can give, mm. given the yeah. nature of yeah. the pain that people have experienced. So if the alternatives are um, continue to stay married when mm-hmm. the covenant mm-hmm. is fractured, then God gives divorce uh, because it's the best that he can mm-hmm. give people who are in a broken covenant and their hearts are growing hard, mm-hmm. which I think is the exact reason that Jesus says that Moses granted divorce in Matthew chapter 19. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so it, yeah, anyway, so yeah. that it, this was a tough message because um, there's obviously a lot of debate within the church. There's a lot of debate, I think, internally in the scriptures. Like it's subtle, but I think totally. you see Paul wrestling with what Jesus taught. That was a great thing that you pointed out. I think that's that's an important thing to 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 be clear that you were saying that this is a um, Jesus says says something. We all we all it's very clear what Jesus says, right? He says that there are two two reasons. <laughs> or is it is it very clear or well he said there's one. One. Okay, okay. Yeah. So Jesus says one reason. Yeah. So it's Paul that added. Paul oh, adds. Sorry, sorry. So Jesus That's says right. the only That's reason. Right. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um now actually, so I, I guess we could go into this. This may take more time than we want to give it. Um, but I think it's really interesting what Jesus actually says yes. and what we read him as saying. And even, to be honest, I even said, like cited him as saying, even in the back of my mind going, it's too big of a can of worms uh, to open be, like, to yeah. actually address this, but this isn't what Jesus said. So okay. um, let's open some worms. So here's the worms. Um, most people assume that Jesus said the only reason or viable reason for divorce or biblical reason you might hear some people use that term is um in the case of sexual immorality mm-hmm. um literally in the greek it's the word um cornea mm-hmm. and but it's actually jesus doesn't talk about divorce he's not talking about divorce there he's actually talking about remarriage God. and so what he says is and i say to you Whoever divorces his wife except for sexual immorality and remarries another commits adultery. Mm-hmm. So his point is actually more about remarriage and that than it is sure. about divorce because sure. he's already told us why Moses granted divorce. Yeah. And it wasn't for adultery. Mm. It, it wasn't for pornea. Pornea, yeah. Adultery. It, uh, nice. Idolatry, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those sound very similar. I'm, I'm just recovering from COVID, yeah. so um, I'm on the other side of it. He is. He um, is. I wouldn't but, be this close if he wasn't. But, but yes, I, your, your, your mind my, isn't. <laughs> my mind is not, man. Oh gosh. Anyway, but, yeah. So thank you. Yeah, I said no it, problem, and no I'm problem. like, I don't think. <laughs> Adultery, idolatry, idolatry. Yeah. Anyway, we get. We get um, so, but before what Jesus said is Moses gave you divorce because mm-hmm. your hearts are hard. He mm-hmm. did not say Moses gave you divorce in instances of adultery. Yes. And I think that's really important that, okay, that the issue is more about what happens to our heart when pain comes mm-hmm. and decisions are made and et cetera, et cetera. And, and not so much about 
the specific actions themselves. Mm -hmm. So anyway, all that to say, though, the conversation, I think, is a little bit more muddy, but most people would assume, okay, let's just say, for sake of argument, Jesus says only reason, biblical reason for divorce is pornea. Mm -hmm. But then Paul comes along and he says, oh, yeah, and in cases of desertion. So which is it? Is it is it? only in cases of pornea or is it in cases of pornea and desertion? And so there's a lot of people that would say that the scriptures aren't intending to give an exhaustive list of reasons Mm -hmm. for quote unquote, biblical divorce. Mm -hmm. Um, Certainly God hates divorce. This is never his ideal plan for us, but is it, are the scriptures trying to outline a, a list of viable reasons for divorce? I would say that, that is not their intention. Mm. Um, and that Paul, I think, makes that clear by adding to Jesus's one and only reason. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you have to sort of figure out what to do with these two conflicting mm-hmm. um, sets of teachings. Yeah. And potentially conflicting. And so and what, what you're pointing out is that Jesus is not super clear. It's not like he's saying this is the one and only reason he doesn't he doesn't say that um no in fact in fact he's he's talking about remarriage there Mm -hmm. which is a a different issue um related Mm -hmm. but uh but a different issue there um interesting and so you feel like people people pushed back on that and and i like your response that um well if i mean the bible says is not super clear the same right because paul's adding so they don't um i don't think they would say they would disagree we're not saying that they would agree with each other and i think jesus would be like well yeah right <laughs> that that makes sense paul right thank yeah. you um would he say oh yeah to other things is the question well I, and i think that's that is the question right uh-huh. so do we have a list of two is that is that what we're given and some would say absolutely and I would say we have a we have two explicit reasons, mm-hmm. um, but are we is it is the design that we would sort of cap it at that right and yeah. say yeah. never in other instances yeah. you know and so my my personal take on it is I don't think that that's the scripture's intention and I, I tried to make that point but but um, I I I want to sort of cut people off at the pass who have said well, you don't value the sanctity of marriage, right? And I went, wow, okay. So the sanctity of marriage then is is either upheld or diminished based on how we interpret the breaking of the covenant. I I think the covenant needs to be upheld. Mm -hmm. And the covenant, I have never done a wedding where the only vow made was promise not to sleep with anyone else right no no it, i've never no i have not done that wedding either yeah and, and it's no, a part of it right i'll keep myself only yes, to you so yes. long as we both shall live that is a part of it but it is not the only covenant it is not the yeah. only vow and i think actually diminishing it to that mm-hmm. actually robs marriage of its sanctity instead mm-hmm. of giving it to it so um Anyway, I've had great dialogue with people in our church. I'm really grateful for people that are willing to to ask questions and engage in the conversation. And 
um, have been, you know, generally encouraged by people that are willing to to dive in and yeah. and ask hard questions. So, well, good. I I love that. I, you know, the concept that keeps I keep coming back to is Jesus's words that that God gave them divorce. That's an interesting. It's an interesting thing that Jesus says there. Yeah. Um, and I get it. You know, it's not his. It's not his best. He he hates that he had to give them maybe. Correct. Um, but because he hates divorce. Yes. Yes. And yet it's through Moses that he makes provision for that. Yeah. And and yet. Um, he had to give it because it's the better at times of two evils. Correct. Right. I would say it's at times it may be the only way forward. Mm. Right. Like, mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and that's, that grieves God certainly. Mm-hmm. Um, but what, what are, what are the all other alternatives? And I tried to sort of set up the message yeah. by getting us to this point of, yeah, we, sometimes we know this ideal, right. That's out there. Yeah. And we even like intend on hitting it. Nobody gets married thinking they're no. going to get divorced. No. Like I've never, never met somebody that was like, that was my plan the whole time. Mm-hmm. And, and, and yet, so we know this ideal, but I think we've all had situations in our life where we know the ideal and we know what we're quote unquote supposed to do. And for whatever reason, we just can't yeah. get there. Yeah. And I think the question that we wanted to wrestle with, I wanted to wrestle with in this message is, what happens when you know the ideal, agree with the ideal, mm-hmm. want the ideal, and, and can't get there? Mm-hmm. Um, and so one of the principles that I that I see in the way that God interacts with broken marriages in general is that God always meets us where we are, not where we should be. Yeah. And, um, and so then the question starts to change, not necessarily is this God's designer? Isn't it? It wasn't ever God's design. Mm-hmm. And yet God seems to value people. Mm. And I see this at, knowing that it could be taken the wrong way and blown out of proportion. God seems to value people more than he values his design because we know his design is covenantal, permanent, monogamous, heterosexual, lifelong marriage. Mm-hmm. And yet Mm -hmm. he's the very one that is willing to grant the breaking of that design because of the way that the people are affected who are in it. Well, yeah. See, when you say that way, it can, it can sound like what, you know, but the fact is that God made his design, not for the design's sake. It is for people. For people. It's not just for some, you know, if some principle that he loves to uphold, his design was made so that, that people have something to look to, right? Yeah. And and my argument originally in the in the message was it's designed it's for a prosper, yes. for a flourishing. Like yes. this is for our good, yeah. Ultimately, yeah. And that's so, and that's because the truth is, the truth is that uh, divorce. We know. I mean, it it hurts people. Um. Then again. It helps people, right? We all know people who were terrible. They were in terrible relationships. They were in pain. Um, I mean, sometimes even physically in pain, um, but emotional pain, all of that. They they just were not good for each other. Yeah. Okay. Sometimes sinfully bad for each other. Yeah. Right. Um, and 
you see them free from that and they go on to live amazing lives. Yeah. And, and that's, that's what they needed. Um, doesn't mean that divorce was good. No. Um, it was just better than the alternative. Right. Right. So, um, and that's the, that is, you know, it's getting into this, this whole area of first Corinthians is, is some of the great. It's like, right. Yeah. And I, it was really interesting, Josh. I, I know that you addressed that this weekend. Um, I addressed it a little bit the week before the week because did. I'm just going, I'm reading it going, I'm assuming that people are writing to Paul saying, Hey, we're yep. single. Should we get married? Yes or no? Yeah. Check. Yes or no. Right. Yep. It's sort of that, like no, no passing in class. Yeah. Pretty simple, Paul. Just check yes or no. And he yes. doesn't do it. No. He doesn't. He's like, well, it depends. It depends. I know. I love that. And there's all of these qualifiers, <laughs> you know. And yeah. anyway, so I, actually, I like jump into that. Yes, let's yeah, go. Okay. Yeah. I like the, I thought that you taught that more of like a decision making sermon in a sense, I, right? Yeah. Then in, in general, um, not just not just about singleness. I mean, there's a lot to say about singleness, but um, I, I really, really appreciate that because I think that's exactly what he's dealing with here. And and um, and I love it. I even use the same that same language of it depends. Um, and yeah. I, I think that was that was memorable for people to hear. Um, in fact, I, I kind of paused in the sermon because it and people were like, it depends. Yeah, <laughs> they remembered that. That's good. Um, that's that's a. Uh, that's the way life works. It is a lot of so some of the most fun discoveries for me in that passage of scripture, um, and I think that's like one of the things I've been loving about First Corinthians seven, it, or just First Corinthians in general, is like you know I think sometimes people assume like pastors they go to seminary they come out with their like okay here's if I ever teach this book here's my yeah. outline right and man, like there's just, it's an ongoing learning journey. And I, there's been some really surprising things that uh, I've learned in studying first Corinthians. And it's just been so fun, but especially things like divorce and singleness and um, this idea of like live, remain as you were when you were called and trying to unearth what's the, what's underneath that. What's like, the universal principle that maybe God would say to us today. And um, like my, when I taught that, my, I I started thinking about the, if only beliefs that we have. That's right. That's right. This would happen. And if only that would happen. And if only they came around and if only, and we have all these lists of if onlys that really put us on a treadmill where we do a lot of work and expend a lot of energy, but don't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. And um, I think Paul's just sort of taking out all of those if only mm-hmm. excuses, and he goes, "All right, now let's let's just get all that out of the way and assume. Let's just assume that we can follow Jesus right where we are, right as we are. Yeah. Now what? Yeah. And um, so uh, anyway, that's all that's to say. Like, there's been yeah. some fun discoveries for me in this. Yes, yes, I love that 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 concept because it's not about. It's not about all those external things, like all those other things that affect us. Right. Right. Now, it's easy for us to think that. And so I, that's just a great, such a great way to, to look at it. Because I think, okay, I won't say people in general, but I'll say I 
when I was single, <laughs> I would say it was a, it would be a lot easier if only I was married. If only, right? Yeah. That was that was the that was the idea. As if as if someone else, you know, or this relationship I'd have is going to make, um, you know, is make it easier for me to follow Christ or something like that, right? right? Yeah. And 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 actually, when one of the truths that many people said um, that I would have said in the later part of my single years, which is maybe. 24 somewhere in there right um that that i want to i want to figure out who i am before i figure out who i am with someone else mm -hmm. right and I'm, I'm kind of really glad that i had that like a year <laughs> all right so not not too long but at least i got to that point <laughs> you're like turns you know, out there wasn't a lot to know there was, it was pretty easy <laughs> to figure out no i still feel like i married as a kid you know yeah i'm i definitely yeah i was 26 she was 22 all right. Yeah. What were you guys? 22 and 21. 22 but she 21. was almost 22. So. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Go. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the biting irony of me giving a talk on singleness, right, is like um, uh, Dr. from Biola oh, 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 um, became Matt uh, Jensen. Matt Jensen, yep. Um, you know, basically said uh, that you don't have a whole lot of credibility if you got married at the age of 22 to speak on singleness. So I'm like, Oh, all right. Good. Uh, should have had him give that sermon. But, um, that, that is in part at least why I went the direction I did, but yes. I wanted to honor yes. the subject matter because I feel like it's so important. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> what I did was I began by, acknowledging what I feel like is the elephant in the room, that it is often really challenging for singles to exist in the church. Yes, that was so good. And um, I just wanted to name that because there's a lot of singles that feel that and yeah. will share that. But for me to vocalize it and just say, we see you. And in a sense, we're sorry for yeah. the ways that we've made this more challenging than maybe it it should be or has to be. Yeah. Um, well, and even just showing the numbers of of single people in the world, I mean, that, those are getting to be really high numbers. That's over fifty percent. It is over fifty percent, and I think as a uh, the church in general should ask why our demographics don't match up with that, and is it because we make it more challenging um, than maybe we need to? Yeah, I, I think there's something to that. I think there's something to the fact that you know. Um, we do a lot of sermons on series on marriage, on parenting, on things like that, that are very felt needs and very real issues, not downplaying those at all. They just may not apply to mm. as many people as we think they apply to. If we look at our community in general, mm. <clears throat> Man. there's a lot there to unpack because I think we have this, this assumption that and we, you know, I'm guessing that our world somewhat has this. I'm guessing, um, and single people out there, you might be able to, uh, to you would be able to speak into this more um, if you feel this pressure outside of the church. But inside the church, I'm sure there's a pressure that, like, that kind of says unspoken. Of course, would never say this, but you're you're a whole person once you're married, have kids, or whatever that is, right? Then you're finally you're finally whole. Right. And and that's a that's a that's a terrible thing. To well, think. it's an it's an unbiblical thing. It's a very unbiblical because thing. like where we started was with Paul saying, I wish that all were as of myself, each has his own gift from God, 
one of one kind, one of another. To the unmarried and to the widow, I say that it's good for them to remain single, as I am. But if they cannot exercise self-control, they should marry. It's better than for them to marry yeah. than to burn with passion. Yeah. And so it's unbiblical in the sense that well, Paul says, I, I wish you would remain single, yeah. or at least consider that. Yeah. You know? And so um, I, I do think somebody emailed me and said, how does this interact with the command to be fruitful and multiply? Yes, I was just going there. Because what you just said was that it's not biblical. And I would say it's not New Testament biblical. For, yeah, right, fair. So, totally. Because there is something in there. But go ahead. Go with, down this thought. Yeah. I want to hear what you say. So that this well, is the, the, the great, um, we'll call this the, um, the mandate. Yes. The creation mandate. Right. There we go. Yeah. Okay. Or yeah. something like that. Part of it. Sure. All right. Um, well, yeah. So it's multiple times in scriptures be fruitful and multiply. Um, it's part of the resistance to that is part of the building of yeah. the Tower of Babel yeah. and all, all sorts of things, right? So this is a very distinct command that God gave um, in the Old Testament and originally to Adam and Eve yeah. that this would be part of what they are charged with doing. In fact, it's the it's the first command that is that is yeah, given is. to them. Yeah. First command listed yep. um, to them, and the command is have sex. <laughs> That's, that's a high school pastor speaking, yeah, by the way. Totally, okay. totally. <laughs> Have babies. Um, which is, yep. Yeah. And so how do we um, merge yep. what Paul is saying with this command that's uh -huh. given? Uh -huh. um, is the command still in effect? And I would say, Sure, mm -hmm. but it doesn't seem as though it's a hard and fast, every single person needs to do this or else they are in sin. Mm -hmm. um, I think that there are situations in life, there are situations with certain people, like personalities, people, etc., cetera, where um, maybe they shouldn't apply that directly to mm -hmm. them. And yeah. this would be one of those cases. If you feel like you're more effective single than you are married mm -hmm. um, or even married and having kids, then Paul would say, you're free to go there. You're mm -hmm. free to follow that path. If that's where you sense God leading you. Yeah. yeah. So absolutely. Now here's, here's where I think this thing, this thing goes, which I think is you're, you're exactly, you're right on here. Um, even to say that, that, that this, this concept that you have to be married is not biblical in the sense of the totality of scripture. However, if we didn't have the New Testament, it, it kind of would be. Sure. In fact, yeah, I mean, even, I think it would be assumed. It would. Even in, in the culture that I was just in, in Israel, it is very much assumed that you get married. You yeah. just don't find many, especially in the like conservative mm -hmm. Jewish kind of religious people, they, they all get married, oftentimes even arranged if they don't, you know, all sorts of stuff. That's what it looks like to be whole. Yeah. But I think Jesus changes this. Yeah. Because he takes the, the that creation mandate in a sense to go and be fruitful and multiply. And he, and he changes it to the Great Commission, which is uh, go and, and and make disciples. disciples. So people, no matter if they if they're going to reproduce biologically, they're they can be a part of being fruitful. And totally. Them, that's what being fruitful looks like nowadays yeah. is is uh, making disciples. Yeah, 
I love that. That's that's really what good. I think that that that's that's where and we can only do that because we can be I think we can be full. Um, you can be <laughs> each of us are um, um, fully in the image of God without without not necessarily having to have um, the opposite gender right there with you. Right. Yeah. Um, now, what well, Jesus was, Jesus was exactly. And I think it specifically has to do with the spirit of God. Mm completing us in a way oh, yeah, yeah. that that wasn't as available, right? right? Right. There was something about that 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 were relational by nature, right? Mm -hmm. And so even that that the closest relation you can have is a is a, a, a spouse, a spousal relationship, right? Um that was in a sense needed more. Mm -hmm. But I think I think that's what's so powerful about this statement. You you wouldn't have seen the statement like what Paul's saying here in the Old Testament, right? I think that's partly because you wouldn't have had the spirit. Yeah, that's an interesting theory. I, I, I like that. I could get on board with that. There you go. All right. All right. Yeah, <laughs> I really could. So there are a few things that stood out to me yeah. about this. Um, he's talking about you know how people decide whether or not they should get married mm -hmm. or stay single, and a few things he talks about is. Um, data like what's going yeah, on in the world like the actual real life situations yes. and he essentially would ask them is is it wise does it seem yeah. like it's wise to get married and then he he's also like but also keep in mind that um this whole creation project is moving somewhere right yeah. so that that god is That's um what's what's the phrase that he uses it's in um uh, right at the end of Verse thirty-one. It says, "For this, the the present form of this world is passing away." That's right. And That's a great so he's like, "Yeah, there's a present distress, and the world is passing away, and this is a tension yeah. that you have to live in. Don't resolve it." Right. So that's the first thing that he says. The second thing that he says is, "Okay, um, that for those who are single, it may it may be easier to live with a full-hearted devotion to God." Yeah. And he goes, when you're married, your your devotion has to be divided. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, and then he goes on, and he starts talking about what you wish and what you desire mm -hmm. and what your passions are. And then he adds in what I feel like is like the kicker that would make so many Christians just tear their cloak. And he goes, and what would make you happy? Yes. <laughs> well, yes. Like. Put that into the mix also. Yes. So for me, I was like, what? Like Paul is Paul is inviting us to consider what would make us happy. Yes. And in one in one sense, you go, well, yeah, of course. But I think there's a programming that we somehow undergo oh, yeah. where oh, we yeah. assume that either one of two things. We either assume that God doesn't really care about that. Mm -hmm. or that actually he wants the exact opposite. Yes. Right. So for yes. us to consider in a decision-making process, what would make me happy? Mm -hmm. uh, what would make me happier, yeah. I guess, is actually the, what, right. the, yeah. the phrase. I, I just thought, wow, I felt this like freedom. Totally, totally. Because we've been in, we've all seen people who have or heard of people who have 
gone the extreme where I just want to be happy. And they've done they they've claimed all sorts of terrible things yeah. to just be happy. Um, divorce is one of them. I've heard right. many times where I just want to be happy. Yeah, well, that's not what and God wants this me to be saying. happy. Yes, yes, right. And you're like, well, he he's clearly not calling you to this in this instance. And so yeah, it's I, not I, above yeah. everything else, but it, it is one of the factors. It's one of the factors. I love the tensions that you that you kind of you bring out there, and it's and it. It's even like a four-way tension that it too, is. Like, yeah. that they each morph with each other, and and each one as you as you tweak it and say, oh, I want this more, I want this more. You can kind of narrow in, yeah, a little bit more of what he's calling you to do. I love that. So it was sort of a fun, yeah. discovery, and my hope is that it one honored our the single people in our midst who um, love Jesus, and some of whom have had a really hard time at the church. Um, and that secondly, it gave everybody a, a, a sense of a grid yeah. to say, how can I make these really important decisions yeah. that the Bible doesn't speak to directly? Well, I know it did. Here's even Olivia just said this, that ever since I heard that God has me just where I am, it's made a big shift in my thinking. Oh, right on. So right on. that was, that. Uh, yeah, thanks, Olivia. Um, and uh, Olivia's a single woman. Um, and uh, I think I think it's, it spoke to her. Um, now, Chris, Chris comes on. I'll get back to Michael's comment in a bit. Now, this, this is a long one. Um, becoming a widow, um, I found that society both in and out of the church mirrored each other. Okay, this is back to my question I was talking about. Mm -hmm. um, single people, thank you for, for chiming in. Um, within a short amount of time, married couples who had been friends began to fall away. For whatever reason, establishing new friendships with married couples um, this many years later remains strained. It's difficult too, she's saying. Um, I wonder if this isn't part of God's plan to use the state of singleness and marriage in his own separate ways. Interesting. interesting. Yeah. It's interesting. Or are, are we so ingrained with trying to, I don't know, find people just like us that fit us the mold, right? I, you know, um, that's tough. Thank you, Chris, for sharing that. By the way, Michael says, uh, Michael says this series from First Corinthians has been the best and most straightforward on the subjects that I have heard in the church ever. Thanks, Michael. That's awesome. Um, well, and this was such a timely, timely um, series. And this is, you know, First Corinthians is one you go to a lot, but studying it this way, um, I've never, I've never broken it down like this and, and gone through it this way. Um, and it is so very practical. Yeah. It is so very practical. That's, that's what I was getting at. That Paul's answering their direct questions. Right. Um, this seems to be the pattern. There's even some, you can go in, you know, the, the, so let's jump over to gray areas because yeah. um, it starts in, in chapter eight, starts almost the same way that chapter seven starts. The, Which by the way, I loved your intro of, <laughs> Eating at a eating nice steak. steak house and then going, uh oh. Uh oh, right? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. This is one of those. My point with that, I told this whole story. Um, my point was that this is such a strange situation, yeah. right? Um, so I was trying to make it, um, I was trying to put that out. And, and really, this is um, the way I the way I tackled this was, was really kind of a bit of a straightforward, I decided I'm going to use this to kind of teach mm -hmm. how we go from kind of esoteric passage like this, yeah. like a obscure 
thing to truth. Now, that's the way it came across. But really, that the way I had to do it was to go back and say, all right, I've got all these ideas. I could go all these different ways. I just need to go back to like the standard way of doing this. And well, yeah, I mean, you had the challenge of preaching on Paul's answer to a question no one's asking. No one's asking yet. <laughs> and we don't even know exactly what they asked, right? We know right. generally, but um, yes. yeah. And nobody is asking that question right now. <laughs> yeah, nobody. And then, and then Paul's answer is. is it wasn't it was a little slippery it's a little slippery <laughs> two and a half pages man this is this is the part that uh that, that it cracks me up because there's so much i would love to get paul to give me a page on yeah right yeah Even a few verses just a, just a couple sentences yep but he spends two and a half pages on food sacrifice idols right now interesting i didn't i didn't bring this up in the passage but it's it's brought up four different times in the new testament food sacrifice titles okay okay first corinthians 8 first corinthians, first corinthians 10 um so that i'm kind of keeping as well oh, you're keeping it one one, one okay. time okay so that's a lot um it's brought up in the in the jerusalem council acts 15. so it's mentioned other another time in acts but it's really talking about the same time so that's that's two um it is brought up and then two times in revelation in revelations Oh, it's really no sorry one more in in romans so it okay i'm using revelations as one time even though it's two different churches um in romans 14 it's okay. brought up as yeah. well okay yeah. romans 14 and first corinthians 8 agree that it's it's a you're not you know yeah you, you should decide in the in acts they say don't eat don't eat sacrifice yeah. idols yep in revelation revelations Jesus is condemning these two churches because they ate food sacrificed to idols. Huh. So now <laughs> they don't agree. In fact, it's split. So it's a gray area within a gray area, right? I mean, it's wow. It is it is interesting. Now, my assumption on this is that that because Paul would have definitely known about the Jerusalem Council. That was only a few years before. Yeah. Um, and so six years, I think, is what they say. It, it would have happened six years before. Paul was there yeah paul was a part of it he was part of it. he knew he knew so the advice that they were giving i would suggest was probably was was to to people with a um they were they're culturally and theologically jewish, jewish. undoubtedly and yeah that for them was a was a bigger issue yeah now he's speaking to both in romans and in corinth to predominantly gentiles so wait are you saying, Josh, that the answer to this deeply theological question yes. is differs by context? It differs by context. Absolutely does. Wow. Absolutely does. See, that would have been a fun one to to, to, to nail down in. Um, unfortunately, I didn't come. I didn't come to that conclusion until like half of the outline was done. So, yeah. but. I mean, isn't that isn't that crazy? That is, yeah. That scripture, I wouldn't say it disagrees. It applies it differently. It applies it differently, and in that's I think that's yeah. really important to keep in mind. Absolutely. And I don't think it gives us sort of a carte blanche like license to do the same in a willy nilly sort of however we want to kind of way because it does seem that there are principles that of course they're implying that 
run universal to and even transcend the yes or no should you yes. eat food sacrifice idols right yes, so absolutely. in the jerusalem council it's like how do we love and how do we honor these Jewish believers who are really struggling mm -hmm. with the fact that Gentiles aren't becoming fully Jewish in order to become yep. Christians. Yep. Um, not the situation that he's dealing with in Corinth. Nope. But the question he asks once again is, how do we love these people yes. Yes. who are struggling with this issue? Yep. And it seems like each time the question becomes about the other person yes. and yes. not about what do I want? What's best for me? Or yeah. like, how do, how can I maximize? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly it. It, it depends on others is what it is. It, it doesn't, Paul seems here not to care. <laughs> um, well, at first he's talking, he's assuming that uh, we are these, these people that, that have knowledge. Okay. There's a certain spiritual knowledge that he's talking about. And that, that the people he's talking to share this this kind of core doctrinal belief, right? I love the, um, he, he kind of breaks out into this beautiful little snippet of a, of a hymn, probably an early one. There's one God, the Father, from whom all things, whom are all things, and from whom, for whom we exist, and one Lord Jesus Christ, through whom are all things, and through whom we exist. Now, here's this, that, that kind of knowledge is supposed to guide us towards freedom. Yeah. Okay. Now this is another place I could have gone here that, you know, there's something about that statement. He's saying, if you know this, then you know that it doesn't matter what you eat and what you don't eat. Yeah. Right. You know that, but there's people who haven't quite figured that out yet fully. Right. So here's what I wish you would have said. Okay. Uh -oh. <laughs> I wish you would have just said, so here's how you convince them that they have this freedom. Yeah. So that you can both enjoy a good steak. Yes. <laughs> I thought You know that. what I mean? I know. Like, I there's know. part of me that goes, Paul, like, I feel like you're giving up too easy on this whole, totally. um, like meeting them where they're at. And like, what, yes. I, I say that tongue in cheek, right? but isn't that like when was the last time we saw these principles lived out on social media anywhere? That's oh my goodness, right? That's because you're what you're saying is the way that that we try to do that in America. Sure. We try to teach people to figure it out, right? It's just it's it's an information problem, and so yeah. we're going to teach more. We're going to tell you all of the yeah, issues. Obviously, you would think about this differently if you had all the information, exactly. which luckily I have and I can give you, so yes. that you can both enjoy this steak. Yes. And Paul's like, not yeah. the methodology. Yeah. Hold on. Just don't eat the steak around them. Yes, yes. And it's and it's particularly though his concern. Um, I think we've we've somehow sometimes people have taken this to think that I shouldn't um, I shouldn't eat a steak around someone. Uh, let's say use something like a that I shouldn't. Yeah, I'm gonna go drinking. Um, I shouldn't drink around someone who thinks that it's wrong. Okay. That it's wrong for me because because so they may judge me right okay that's not quite the sin that he's talking about no. um he's talking about someone who thinks or who shouldn't probably shouldn't be drinking who thinks that drinking is wrong but they see you drinking and they think well i should have a drink too but because they think it's wrong it's wrong for them yeah anything and, not done in by faith by faith is yep. it. Yeah, yeah yeah that's uh <laughs> 
yeah, Romans 14, 20 ish. Um, and, uh, and that's exactly, that's, that's the issue. It's a very particular issue, which is so funny because this is getting into the minutia because right. how often are we in a situation where by doing something that's going to cause somebody else to, to follow you in that it's something that you can do, but they're not sure. It's just, yeah. a, it's pretty, it's pretty small. So, but the principle, like you're saying, it, that's the bigger thing is that that the way that our actions affect others really, really matters, really matters. And that's, that's where, that's where one of the things that, that kind of opened up this passage to me, um, was, was when I went, when I kind of connected this, in fact, some people think that, that there's a, um, that this section really starts here in eight and it doesn't end until 13. Because this is where love is introduced, Interesting. and then he gets to love. Yeah, yeah. And so, and he doesn't he doesn't kind of doesn't talk about it much in the middle, and so um, that kind of opened it up to me a, a bit that that really what he's talking about when he's caring for others is that we have this responsibility to love, and that that our our rights are not as important, yeah. our freedom to we'll do get what there. we want. We'll hit that more. We'll hit that more week. exactly. Yeah. Will yeah. We will. Um, and so this is the, and this is key because you, and you said we can't just willy nilly, right? Make right. decisions on this. And this is, I try to be careful with this, try to make this clear that when in doubt, we let love lead. So hmm. I'm not talking about like, you know, when, um, when there's a clear <laughs> scriptural mandate, right? There's something in the Bible that is, says is, is clearly right or wrong. When that happens, we follow that. Yeah. We do what scripture tells us to do. Mm-hmm. But when we don't know, when we're not sure, when there's this gray area, when scripture says yes in one instance and no in no another, another. <laughs> when it says it depends, yeah, right. That's yeah. where, that's where I think what Paul's getting at here is that, that that's where love takes priority. When we let love lead, that's where it, it's it's going to be a lot harder for us to go wrong. Yeah, right. Um, it, it's. The, the way that uh, when we're living out in the way of Jesus, um, I don't think <laughs> when we're living, loving the way Jesus would, I don't ever foresee a time when God says, yeah, yeah, it just showed too much love. Right. Yeah. It's just too loving. Well, I loved your point <clears throat> that love will will often and maybe all, almost always yeah. limit us. Yeah. Our that, so when we let love lead, really where our our options start to shrink mm-hmm. it's not a licentious who gives a rip type oh, of an attitude totally, actually totally. in fact it it's just the opposite it mm-hmm. reigns us in mm-hmm. and i think some people's fear is well if we just let love lead who knows where that'll lead well where it actually leads is for us to defer to other people limit our freedoms limit our options for the sake of us sake of others yeah that's exactly it. That's exactly it. And and this is where this is where the learning to do that in little things, mm-hmm. learning to be people of love, and it's really learning to be people who are living in the way of Jesus with the heart of Jesus, yeah. right? Which is his his love. When we learn to do that, that's going to help us because when we get to those situations when we we don't know, we're we're already developed the character that love is the thing that that guides us. Yeah. Right. And so 
those decisions become a lot easier because we're already kind of uh, we're kind of habituated into a person that would love. Yeah. Right. And so learning to love now, learning a lifestyle of love today is the best way to prepare for life. I like that. So that was fun. Now, okay. I know we we've got to, we've got to go. In fact, um, oh, cool. we're we're getting done. But can I can I just share um, can I share one one Israel story yeah. that I I wanted to fit in here? Um, it has to do with that limiting thing. Mm. Um, and I talked about I went with the the Philippians two, which um, which I I'm, I'm glad I did because this one. Um, uh, here's what struck me when I was at the um, the Garden of Gethsemane. This is the place where where Jesus he prays, um, Lord, if it be your will, um, take this cup from me. Jesus had already predicted that it was going to happen. He knows that he's going to um, he's going to go this this terrible path, right, leading to death. Um, he's at the Garden of Gethsemane now. That place I told you about, Wadi Kelp, mm-hmm. where Jesus knew really well. He spent 40 days, 40 nights without anything. Um, he's very self-sufficient there, in other words. Um, that's really just over a hill where the springs start huh. and then down this one area. I don't know if it would be more than a maybe an hour walk, huh. um, maybe even a half an hour. It's not far to get to the start of Wadi Kelp. Um, in the dark there, Jesus could have very easily just taking a little walk and he would have been gone forever. Hmm. They would have never found him there. There's so many caves there that he could go and And he's already shown he could live there for 40 days. Um, he could have outstayed them. He could have gotten away. Hmm. Right now. We also know he could have called down angels at any right. point. Right. <clears throat> um, but here Jesus decided to limit his freedom to go live his life, liberty and happiness right yeah. on his own. He very clearly limited that and chose to go the path of love, mm. to go the path of sacrificial love right. and love on the cross. Mm. I was really, I was really touched by that. How how close that was. That is how easy that would have been. So, man, well, I never knew that. That's really. Cool. It's a, uh, you know, we're gonna have to go. Yes, we're gonna have to go, and uh, we'll bring some of you with us. All right, everybody. Well. Um, thank you Ryan thanks this is yeah fun. This absolutely. Fun. we got through a lot we got through a lot yeah, and uh um thank you for sticking with us thank you for all of your interaction and comments uh and as always we'd love uh, any questions you have about any of this or any future things anything in general questions at efcc.org uh you can email us you can find us on any of the social medias and we'd love to we'd love to interact and uh you know Michael he says thanks for the reveal and uh um Man, uh, I love it. And uh, you guys, thank you for being here. And may may you live in in the life abundant that uh, that God wants for us. God bless. God bless. We'll see you.